Major thanks to Josh Lopez, Derek Stout, and Patrick Fritz for giving me the opportunity to be a part of the Milestone 300th episode of the Hoots Podcast. You can follow Josh Lopez on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Derek Stoughton is at Derek Stoughton. And Patrick Fritz is at Rated PWF. And all podcast platforms, if you search for the Hoots Podcast, you'll be able to find it, as well as this one. Now... As most of you know, as everybody knows, we recently lost one of professional wrestling's most influential performers in one Scott Hall. And I do have something regarding that that will be released very, very soon. But in the meantime, I decided to bring a little special surprise. So for those of you who listen to this podcast that we do from time to time, The Rewind. Well, for version 18, we will feature a very special rewind dedicated to one Scott Hall where you will be able to join me as we take a look at one of Scott Hall's best matches from the world of wrestling, specifically in the WWF. And for more information on what that match is, as far as when that version will come out, you can check out the Heat Pod on Twitter for more information. As far as this version is concerned, this one is in the history books. Thank you so much for joining me here on version 17 of Heat, the wrestling podcast. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at referee Tony S. Follow the show. It's at the Heat Pod. And any questions, send them into the Heat Pod at gmail.com. We're on all major podcast platforms. And if applicable, please put a four or five star review. It greatly benefits the show, and I really do appreciate it. Have a great, safe, and blessed day, everybody. We'll see you right back here for another version of Heat, the wrestling podcast. So long, everybody. He's the most fearless brawler that WWF has ever known. But one man has crossed the bottom line. Let me just tell you a little bit about Rowdy Roddy Piper, because he is a has-been. Now, Roddy Piper returns for one final battle. Here we go. One more time. June 19th, royalty gets taken to the street. Well, let me tell you something, Rowdy Roddy Piper. You're messing with a real man now. I don't retreat, and I don't surrender. Rowdy Roddy Piper battles the king, Jerry Lawler, the WWF king of the ring, coming to pay-per-view. You'll cross the bottom line. Welcome to my world. Before we get to our main event segment, I'm going to run down the card really quick for WrestleMania. This is a reminder of what we have already announced so far. So we're not, we're not going to break this down. You mean it's not Wrestle Kingdom? No. <laughs> no, we don't have four House of Torture matches in the span of four, uh, a span of two nights. Of That's four. direct drive. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, the Garrett, the Garrett, the Garrett. <laughs> Suzuki didn't do it for the Rock, Kevin. He did it for the KOPW. <laughs> Salute him for what? <laughs> <laughs> for what? <laughs> for those of you, I'm talking about bad luck politics and follow along with this scenario here. He's like, Salute Josh, him, Kevin, Salute oh, him. why? Because he's participating in the war. What war? 
The but, word Japan. Before we get to Japan, that's right. Before we get here, just bring me back in when y'all are done. Yeah, but before yeah. we get to the before we get to the updated card at WrestleMania, uh, Josh, when you're in Dallas and when you're in Chicago for Windy City Riot, are you yeah. going to put your head down when Minoru Suzuki shows up? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Okay, just making sure. That's the first time seeing Suzuki perform in person, so I, I don't know what that's gonna be like in person. God, all I gotta, all I gotta say is, God help uh, the former Oni Lorcan Biff Busick. He's got Minoru Suzuki in Dallas at WrestleCon. Oof, my lord, that's gonna be. Funny. Hey, he, hey, he called his shot on Twitter. He said, "Give me Minoru Suzuki," and they're giving to him in Dallas. Yeah, so. Nobody will ever confuse Biff Busick as somebody as the same person. So, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, wait, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, night one, as it's announced right now, we got Drew McIntyre against Barry Corbin, uh, Mysterio's against Miz and Logan Paul. Uh, I think it's going to be turned the match. People are like, oh, this is going to be a talking segment. No, you're not bringing up 19 years multiple times in different ways. Uh, I think you're going to have an actual match with Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I, I do think it's, that's going to happen. Um, and then you have Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. And then Charlotte Flair, the mystery stick, the female triple <laughs> if you will, of women's wrestling. Uh, she'll be putting her tie on the line against Ronda Rousey. And I think those two are going to walk into WrestleMania with a chip on their shoulder. And the best WrestleMania matches have that trait going into that match. Don't believe me? Go ask Edge at WrestleMania 22 against Mick Foley. Or uh, Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21 as well. Uh, another great match. Uh, rest, uh, for night two, we have Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Pat McAfee against the 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 bitch made thirst trap himself. Austin <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have that's too much to fit on a nameplate, Josh. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have uh, Queen Selena and Carmella, who's more fixed. Uh, well, for good reason, she's more paying attention to her wedding. I'll come you soon. <laughs> uh, they're putting the tattoos a lot against Sasha Banks and Naomi and Rhea uh, Josh. Josh, I'd like to make a correction. You said Sasha's name wrong. It is overrated. Banks. Continue. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the Marty Janetti of women's wrestling. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Okay. You may continue. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um. All right. So. Oh yeah. man! They're gonna fight Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. By the way, I think Rhea and Liv actually—if you want to talk about what could be a good tag team—those two actually could fit the bill of a good tag team. Um, all right, next one uh, we have Edge and AJ Styles taking place on night two. That's that's definitely a match I'm looking forward to transcribing, if you will. Rated rated P for phenomenal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I love Edge's promo from Raw this past Monday night. I, I I love the whole visual of everything. I just thought that was awesome. I'm on the not on the up and the view is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, so and then of course we got the main event, your tribal chief uh, against Brock Lesnar. It's put the ones up, folks. Put the ones up. It's when it take all. The biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Uh, hey, it's promotion. What, what are you going to do about yeah, it? Yeah, it's promotion. It's not like AEW where you hear JR say, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, God. <laughs> the best pay-per-views I've ever After seen. After everything. <laughs> oh. there's, a, there's a correction there. Uh, it's it's not Brock Lesnar. That's B-Rock Lesnar. Yeah, B-Rock. Let, let, let's, get, let's get that straight. Cowboy it is. Rock. 
<laughs> Listen, bro, hey, quickly. I, I love the new tr- the new direction of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it, it's it's so it's so it's like you put Brock Lesnar from like twenty years ago and Brock Lesnar now. It's and you just just put a picture of him going. This is Brock Lesnar. You can't believe that that's the same person, right? <laughs> but it's so it's it's like it's new and it's fresh because you see Brock and everybody's followed him, but you see Brock and you just. It's like it's so out of character for for Brock for what we've known him as. The fact that he's speaking for himself and he's dressing the way he's dressing and he's it looks like he's having fun with it. And I I totally dig that. It 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 you know it once again quiets all the internet marks who claim to know everything that oh Brock dimen- Brock is a one dimensional character and he ruins everything you know. Well, clearly, no, he's not a one-dimensional character. And we know he can flip a switch and go back to that one-dimensional character at a moment's notice. And that one-dimensional character works. Correct. <laughs> Correct. He, he, if you look at, uh, you know, we, everybody loves numbers and metrics, right? Look at all of the videos that WWE puts up on YouTube. Which wrestler gets the most? Uh, that would be uh, B-Rock Lesnar. Correct. So, and, and because that one-dimensional, that one-dimensional side of Brock Lesnar, it not only uh, make it not only works, but it makes money, and people pay to see it. Whether it be UFC or WWE, Brock Lesnar is money, honey, and everybody, everybody knows that. At least the smart ones on this show do. <laughs> Don't forget the Brock Lesnar blend. He's in the seasoning business now. He's in the condiment <laughs> business now. <laughs> uh, on that note, it's nine twenty-eight here in Chicago. All right, we're about to get to what everybody's been waiting for. Here right. we go. Josh, what might I'll get to Mark Hart in just one second? What might possibly be? The biggest what the hell is wrong AW of all time. Carter Carter, the floor is yours. Well, as <laughs> a segue into this, you know, as we know, tonight there's been a lot of reminiscing. There's been a lot of looking back, memory lane. As we know, this show, right from its very beginning, from show one, has gone through a number of iterations over the years. There's yeah. been some personalities that have come and gone. There's been some segments that have come and gone. But I would like to play for you a clip, Josh, which I think may be the single most important moment in the six years that the Hoot podcast has been in existence. I'd like to play this for you, which will also serve as the transition into this week's segment. Hopefully this will queue up. I believe it should. So let me make sure that we're all good to go. And allow me to please play for you this important piece of podcasting history. I'm saving my thoughts for that match in this segment. Let's do it. With Josh, it's now time for us to debut a new segment here. And we because... This segment is going to be a recurring segment. I'd like to play you the new theme song. So now, here we go. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Oh my god! I like I'm crying, laughing right now. 
Brother Carter, you've come up with some really good ideas over years. I think this year, Matt. This might be, might be <laughs> top of the list. Ah, oh, it's so great. I had to give myself the greatest segment of all time, Josh. Yes. <laughs> On that note, it's time to give the people what they really want, not what Excalibur wants. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start off in a three, two, one. You got it? Wait for it. Wait for it. And I think we got it. One second. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. 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 Oh. Well, what the hell is wrong with AEW? Okay, where do we want to start? Do we want to start Revolution? Do we want to start? Where do we want to start? Well, here's one thing. Uh, I'm not going to keep everybody here for four hours. This is not what this podcast is. Uh, I don't want to keep you guys talking. But we are going to talk about Revolution. We're going to talk about a lot of things. And we got somebody here to partake in it for the first time. So um, I'm curious to hear what Tony has to say. But as the disclaimer goes, this segment is dedicated to those who think that AEW does absolutely nothing wrong. Tony Khan is the greatest writer of all time since uh, Noah Sparks. No, my bad, Nicholas Sparks. Um, <laughs> and AEW <laughs> is the greatest television show that's ever been aired. Uh, this show is about fact-checking and giving a dose of reality, if you will, to the wrestling universe <laughs> out there. But we also talk about the stuff that we do like occasionally for the world of AEW, even though they're run by one of the most inept families in sports in today. So with that being said, it is time to get this bad boy started. We're going to start off with AEW Revolution, or I should call it AEW Cap-Illusion. Um, <laughs> so you guys heard the set with Sir Derrico to start off the show, and there's been a lot of hyperbole when it comes to AEW Revolution this past Sunday. Shocker. Hyperbole, AW. I, I, how can this be possible, guys? <laughs> the greatest pay per view of all time. JR, every time there's a dynamite. Oh, man, this is the greatest tag division I, I've seen in years. This, him and Shivani are, should be, should host a show based on hyperbole because that's what they do basically on commentary. It's either JR dozes off doing a, uh, you know, doing a watch along commentary instead of doing play by play. And then he has Shivani doing a hyperbole stick and then saying what Tony Khan says in his ear. Like anybody that tells you that AEW doesn't do the same stuff as WWE, that's cap. Let, let's right. just throw that out there. Does anybody believe that Tony Khan doesn't shoot stuff into their ears when things are going awry or people are dozing off during the match? Oh, man, this is a great match. Oh, my God. I can't believe. What a night. What a night, guys. <laughs> Another fantastic dynamite. It's, it's, it's kind of reaching Trump territory at this point with some of the rhetoric that they spew. Because it's either Donald Trump or AW that overuses the word great. Because I don't actually know if they know what the word great actually is. <laughs> it sure as hell ain't their fucking officiating crew. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> <That's>... 
<laughs> like, gosh, I, I, that, that's the thing that honestly, and I'm not just saying this because Tony is here. That is the thing that I noticed the most about both Revolution and Dynamite this week is just how shitty the officiating was. It was particularly bad at Revolution. And Tony, I want you to jump in on this too, but just a, a couple of small little things that I want to get you, and I want to get Tony's thoughts on this. So, number one, apparently biting is legal now in professional wrestling because they openly bit each other in front of the referee, and that was fine. Three, okay, you go to the women's title match. Three separate times, somebody jumped, it was Rebel, jumped up on the apron multiple times during the match, and the referee did nothing about it. Just admonished it, hey, go away, go away, instead of tossing them away from ringside or something. Like, I just, AEW has to address this officiating problem. It's horrible. Horrible. I didn't know this is a new rule. I guess you can come up with new rules these days in wrestling. So what's this ever been legal where in a tag match you tag somebody and then you tag somebody else in simultaneously? What has that ever been legal? What has that ever been implemented? And why the fuck does it uh, be allowed? Like, there's one thing for cutting the ring in half, and then there's another thing making your referees look stupid. So every time I see Red Dragon do that one, two, tag, or the, the Hardly Boys do the one, two, tag, and it happens definitely a lot during Aubrey Edwards and that court's run. Oh, there's, there's two controversial figures if I've ever heard it on this yes. show. Uh, one needs VR goggles, and the other one just needs to admit that he's a fucking living zombie at this point. Um... <laughs> So, like, please explain to me, are rules supposed to matter in a company that promised that we're going to have sports-based wrestling, Mr. Tony? Well, can I just put a small disclaimer? Yes. Please. So, a lot of, okay, a lot of, Josh has said on this show, you know, many times, you know, the whole referee Tony has thing. And I'd like to just clear up right now. That the whole referee Tony S thing is not a gimmick. I've been doing this almost 20 years. So it's it's not something that, you know, you know, I, I you know, just because a referee, like, no, I have I've been in the ring with people that have gone to WWE or AEW. So I've I've been there. And here's the way I look at it. When it comes to AEW and they're refereeing. You have to look at the broader picture. And that is, when it comes to refereeing, this, this is how most, not all, this is how most of the independent wrestling organizations feel about their referees as a whole. Yep. And what I mean by that is... Yes, WWE hired hires either prof- professional wrestlers or you know whoever to play the role of a referee because it's casting. But when you take a look at you know AEW, at least WWE treats their referees seriously. In AEW's case, yes, they hired you know um, Paul Turner who you know, refereed Ring of Honor for almost the entire history of the company. Right. 
and you know Bryce, who's you know been doing indie shows, and you know he's well known around the circles, and Rick Knox, who's just PWG, and Aubrey Edwards, who's from the Pacific Northwest. But the way I look at it is, when it comes to referees, they're not show. It almost is like they are showing authority, and it's like, eh, we're still gonna do our shit. It's get our shit in central. And to me, that hurts the credibility of the product. The simultaneous tag, the bang bang tags, I'm not, there's really none. I've never refereed any kind of matches where I've ever had that. You know, the simultaneous, the bang bang tags, never had that. Uh, when it comes to the apron thing, is it, hey, the two words in AEW, referee's discretion. It is also the referee's discretion. Since they are on the apron, they are interrupting the pace and the flow of the match. So it is the referee's discretion, if need be, to eject that party from ringside. That's their that's their uh, expect uh, that's their discretion to do. Whether they do or don't, that's on them. Third thing is the whole biting thing. Hell, no biting's not legal, <laughs> and but it's continue to be done. Closed fists, I understand because, you know, it de- it depends. Because, you know, with MMA, closed fists are legal, so you got to protect yourself. But other than that, biting's not legal. Eye gouging is not legal. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, there's a whole bunch of things. So I think when it comes to AEW, I think, I think individually, I think because Paul Turner is the, the senior official. He, he's the head official of the company. But this is the way I look at it. If you as AEW brought in, in my opinion, the greatest referee of all time, if you brought in Mike freaking Kyoto for one or two matches and he's not full time with the company, you just brought him in. That's a problem. There has to be some kind, there's got to be somebody who is able to kind of help these referees kind of uh, not really along. Cause I think they're all experienced, but I think they've got to work with the talent to work with the referees a little bit better. You know, I think the fans are so conditioned to, we got to get their shit in. They got to get their shit in and it'll be a great match. If they get their shit in that structure is out the door and you have to have structure to make a great match. You can do all the tags and all the double team moves as it is, and it's great. But the grand scheme of things, why is it, to Brother Carter's point, why is the tag match between FTR and DIY so remembered today when when Johnny Gargano's not with WWE or FTR's not with WWE, but why is the match remembered so fondly by, by people? Structure. Yeah, exactly. Very well and said. Rivalries too. So what you're doing? You're just doing the yeah. pots that just there. You're getting you're getting cheap pops. Like people could say, like insulting a city is a cheap pop. I look at cheap pop today as doing a sequence where it's tag, tag, arm drag. Somebody's out to the floor. Let's do a Fosbury flop outside of the ring. Somebody does a distance lariat to get the extra pop too. 
it's cheap. You're not doing anything. It's just moves. It's just there. Yeah, yeah. You. It's, in a, it's like a bad jazz player doing a a re, an endless sax uh, saxophone solo where they're not on key, right? Yeah. But they're not on key, and you can't even follow up with the rhythm that they're trying to tell. It like like let me make this quick. So in a band, the drummer has to go along with the beat. And when it comes to that, the drummer has to be on point. But the drummer also has to know that certain sections, he's got to bring the tempo up. Certain sections, he's got to bring the tempo down to match everybody else in the song. You got to That's listen. Right. That's where that comes in. And even in singles matches, tag matches, no matter what, yes, you have to gauge the crowd, but you also have to make sure that the referee is in lockstep with everybody in the in the matchup, because yeah. if they're not, even even if the fans don't see it or they don't recognize it, a match that was five out of ten at the end could have been seven or eight out of ten had there been structure. And I think over time, hopefully, there will be or <laughs> could be some structure later on. But with, you know, a lot of people also, at least, you know, most places on the independence, and I've been a victim of this as well, it's, you know, like I said earlier, get your shit in central, where they have to get their shit in and, you know, at the expense of the referee. And the referee, to most talents, is in the match that's disposable, when in reality, the referee is one of, if not the most important, because the referees bring structure. It's like in the UFC, where you have to have structure now in MMA matches. Go back to the early days of the UFC, when there were no structure in, in the early days of UFC, and it almost got kicked off of, off of pay-per-view and got banned off of stage because, say, because there was no structure. Um. Really quick, I wanted to mention this really quick. Uh, when Kate's in Revolution, nobody here is saying that it's okay to be excited about pay per view. If you, right, oh, this is a great pay per view, more power to you. I'm not gonna come here and tell you, yeah, yeah. or anything like that. But there's things that I just see through with AW, and I feel like nobody wants to point it out because, oh, you're gonna get a bunch of blowback on Twitter, right? And I, even. I, Really quick, my, yeah. my was like when we when we started this segment. I'm really proud about this segment because not only it, there's a lot of comedy into it, obviously, yeah. but it's also insightful too. I'm trying to me and Brother Carter are trying to offer some advice in some ways because I can give off my observations from a transcript point of view and studying, and I covered every single AW show that they produced since they started. And then you got Brett Carter, who's been watching wrestling for a long time, and knows what an actual alternative looks like. You could call yourself an alternative, but your product says otherwise. Right. And and I'll just say this quickly. It's not, you know, even though the segment is what the hell is wrong with AEW, everything that I just said in the last five minutes, every professional wrestling company in one way, shape, or form has been guilty of it. Yep. And they will get and they will continue to be guilty of it. So, yes, in the grand scheme of things, yes, you know, could officiating be better across the board? Absolutely. 
Do I think that there's certain things that the referee should be protected against when it comes to certain professional wrestling, when it comes to matches and things like that? Absolutely. Do I also think as a whole, the referees should be you know, respected and treated as such and you know all that other stuff? You bet your ass I do. But in the, in the scheme of things, like I said, and Josh said to, to, to his point, if you thought it was a good pay-per-view, absolutely. No problem with it. And, and that's it's sorry. There's a specific type of professional wrestling for everybody. Most places will not readily admit that. So if you like AEW and if you like that pay-per-view, no problem, more power to you. But in the grand scheme of things, every professional wrestling company, not just AEW, is guilty of mistakes and guilty of it because the professional wrestling business is not a perfect business, not by a long shot, especially when it comes to booking. I want I want Brother Carter to guide us through the rest of this segment here. Yes. This is really his Yes, 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 yes. Okay. yes. All right. <laughs> Okay, it's, want, a, it's, it's a sermon say, now. Let me get ready. Yes, okay. it's a sermon. I want to say more people for Burke Hurt Post. Um, when you look at AW, and this is my point of view, and a lot of it's just the messaging is probably my biggest issue that I have with AW. You can have good matches. You can have your good promos here and there with CM Punk and MJF. But going back to what you mentioned earlier in the show, can, can anybody tell you what AW actually is? No. Brett Carter, go ahead. Lead us the rest of the way here. <laughs> no, man. I've, I've been interested in this all night. Um, here's uh, The only other thing I'll say about this is, and, and again, this is more just about our segment. We want AEW to be good. Like, we want AEW to be, because if AEW is a successful promotion, it's good for the wrestling business because it's more good content that's being put out there. But like Josh says, we're going we're gonna to just debunk these myths that people are saying that just be and, – and I really think that a lot of the, 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 the stuff comes from the fact that it's just not WWE. That's what it is. It's, it's, people think AEW is the greatest thing ever because it's not WWE, and that's the – And they're not there forever. That's right. Exactly. So, okay. We're going to try to go through this quickly, but I want to break down this Revolution card and just talk about a couple of things. Here All right. We we'll start off with Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, which I actually didn't mind this match. I thought this was actually a good match. Um, the the submission from Eddie Kingston looked really good, except with the show basically opening by Jr. lying to the fans and saying that the referees do a good job. That is one of the first things he said on the show was that the referees do a good job. It's like, the hell are you talking about? Then they just openly bite each other in front of the referee. Like, what is your message here? Oh, God. And then, of course, Jericho doesn't shake the hand, which we know why, which we'll get into in just a little bit. You were talking about the core being a terrible faction. Oh, just <laughs> wait till we – you just wait. He's had we, enough. Wait till we get to Dynamite. Okay. Uh, by the way, please feel free to stop me at any time if you have anything you'd like to add or any comments. Yeah, you know, just quick with Aubrey Edwards, it's not a surprise that she's in the ring while JR is saying that, but go ahead. Yeah, good point. <laughs> okay, and then we get to the trampoline match. I mean, the triple threat tag team match. <laughs> the backyard trampoline match. Apex I, I Entertainment. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, I, I'd like to say something to Bobby Fish. For the love of God, Bobby, shut the hell up. <laughs> Nobody cares about your little commentary from the last week when he was like dynamite when Paige was cutting his promo. And then all during this match, Paige was like, oh, you suck. Or Fish was like, oh, you suck. You suck. You suck. Saying all this shit to Nick Jackson. Imagine, like, shut the hell up. 
I'm going to sum up this match for you. Ready? Spot, spot, spot. The elite argues. Spot, spot, spot. Match is over. That's all you need to know about any elite match or, you know, a match involving the Young Bucks. That's what it is. There are no doubt in my mind that these superstars are exceptional athletes, but they cannot tell a story. What, how am I invested in anything that they do from an emotional standpoint? And again, if you like, you know, backyard trampoline flip wrestling, fine, more power to you. That, if that's what gets you, great. But like, I have no reason to be emotionally invested in these characters. So does anybody have anything you want to say about that? or Structure. Thank you. <laughs> for okay. shoot, for shoot, this took me an hour to type out. Oh, oh good, buddy. Okay, and then we get to the ladder match. Uh, oh, Orange Cassidy's gimmick has run its course. It's not funny anymore. Uh, I will say this, and I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. And maybe it's just because he wanted to leave, but I don't understand how WWE didn't do more with Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee is just fantastic. And he did, a, he did a great job in this match. He was, he was besides Wardlow, he was the one of the breakout stars in this match. I thought he was terrific. Um, I just don't get how WWE passed on him. And maybe he just wanted to leave. But um, So I don't know. What do y'all think about that? Do you have anything to add about that? No, I agree with you. I think that uh, Keith Lee, especially from you know NXT – you know, beating Adam Cole and really being, you know, the face of NXT for a short while, mm-hmm. you know, you'd think he'd be down there. You know, I didn't get it, but a lot of us don't. But, hey, as long as if he's happy where he is, so be it. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's like one of those big question marks. But, you know, in a weird kind of ladder match for that Sonic ring, I thought Keith Lee was one of my early predictions to win the thing. Uh, but, you know, hey, but, hey, you know, Wardlow, Mr. Mayhem, winning the winning the Sonic Ring and, you know, taking it to an, another level. So, hey. They just need to be careful that Dr. Robotnik doesn't come in and steal the ring while Wardlow is I, I, I mean, I mean, I said it on Twitter, you know, uh, other than Keith Lee, I had my money on Tails. But, <laughs> you know. That's great. Okay. So, Josh, and, and, and tell me another thing. AEW sports themselves as a sports-based wrestling company right can yep. you explain danhausen to me donovan danhausen i need i need to get this on my chest one thing with the lab match two things one there's no reason why you have three hosses staying in the ring while fucking pockets doing the shooting <laughs> more like kicks in the middle of the ring it takes all the credibility out of that secondly this damn cosplaying drag queen that you can see downtown Chicago, Dank, my bad, Clownhausen, Dank Clownhausen, please go home and stay the fuck home. Oh my God. And he costs Ricky starts the match. Oh, here's my spell. Here's my spell. I can curse you. I can curse you. Get out of here, man. Oh. God, I mean, he did. I, he did, he did everything during that match, but the hell with it. He screwed Ricky Starks. And li- listen, I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. the world needs more Ricky Starks. Yes, but, absolutely, absolutely. Ricky Starks, fantastic. But it, but like you know, with with Donovan Danhausen, it's almost like it's like you know the old Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> you know skit 
where he's like, what is going on here? Like, what's going on with this? Like, like so. But, but, the crowd, but the crowd marks out for Danhausen. I don't get it. No. I, I don't understand. Maybe there's something more to his character on the indies that I don't know, but I don't get it. But yeah, there's, some, there's something more to that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll tell uh, you anyways, in a future happy episode. For, happy for Wardlow. I think that's great. Uh, Jade Cargill coming out as Jade from Mortal Kombat. That was bad fuck ass. Star. Awesome. She is, Jade Cargill is a superstar. She needs to get away from AEW and get some real training in NXT. And she could be a megastar. She could main event WrestleMania. No problem. I think Jade Cargill has the it factor. I think she is by far the top female talent in AEW, and it's not close. Somebody uh, signed me up for Jade and Bianca Belair? Y- yes. Can you imagine Jade against Bianca? Jade against Charlotte? Jade against Ronda Rousey? I mean, my God, Becky Lynch. That would be fan-freaking and, and what a turnaround for her, especially in the last year. Yeah. I, I think this is one of the few awards that the that, – that, Oh, you know that that biased publication actually got right with her being biased publication with that over with with perhaps the most ridiculously overrated publication of all time got right in her being the rookie of the year. I think she was fantastic. Um, the, I guess the problem with her is the the women's division in AEW. Who's next? Like who right. can you legitimately put as a challenge? Well, Thunder Rosa, yeah. sure. Maybe, maybe Hikaru Shida. Maybe. Um. But but other than that, because it sure ain't the bake Brit Breaker and the candlestick maker. Sure as hell ain't her because her <laughs> stock has gone way downhill since this yeah. boyfriend showed up. But anyways, oh, Josh, go ahead. It'll be the we will we will chop you. Will <laughs> be any Sakura. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, I, I agree with you with Jay Cargill. She's a walking Brinks truck. They should change it to Cargill trucks. Uh, trucks. That's that should be the name of money. Yeah, uh, she is. Yeah. She is. She, they have a, they have a license to print money with her. Yep. And then we get to the match, which should have been the main event. And this this tells you everything you need to know about AEW's booking. They didn't put their hottest feud as the main event. Uh, That's every- right, kids. Punk versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman. I mean Feinstein. I mean MJF. <laughs> um, everything about this was great except the thumbtacks. Once yeah. they get the thumbtacks out, I was like, come on. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> I love this. Um, Wardlow finally did his turn great. Um, I, 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 lo- I thought everything about this was fantastic. Uh, what a war. I was nervous for Punk early on in this match. I thought he might have bladed just a little bit too deep, and I got a little nervous. But, uh, but congratulations to both of them. I thought this was fantastic. I thought this was the match of the night. Um, and great storytelling again if it was with if the thumbtacks weren't there this would have been perfect but that's just me i don't know what y'all want to say about that should have been the main event regardless correct yeah i thought it should have been the main event too i am biased uh by the way shots apart to rocky's original roh gear and uh theme song i thought that was cool Mm -hmm. cool moment for him uh yeah, man, uh, there's no reason why Maxwell Jacob Freeman should not be in the title picture for AEW, but they're more fixating on things that could supposedly rattle Vince. Okay? No, they're just speaking because <laughs> uh, the reason he's not in the title picture is because this is all elite wrestling, and if you're not the elite, you don't matter. Because well, what's, that's... what's elite about it? Correct. 
<laughs> okay, so that was great. We then comes the women's title match. They finally get a new women's oh, title belt. Know. Looks badass, but I don't know why it took them so long. Um, we mentioned the referee thing. That was just ridiculous. Uh, Jr. Pointing Jr. He's like, "How the hell can you not be aware about some crap that is going down?" Jr. Who has pointed out what everyone has known about AEW referees for the last three years. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't care about Britt Baker anymore. I don't. I think that her stock has gone way down. I think that ever since Adam Cole showed up, uh, Britt Baker has gone way downhill. Um, I don't think. I think she's she, you. She's you who were who just yeah. six weeks ago was singing the Britt Baker DMD train and John on the bandwagon. Yes, I have. Because according to, uh, and we're going to get into another one of this when we wow. start getting into dynamite. Um, when the facts change, so does my opinion. And the facts have changed. Britt Baker is not what she once was. Wow. Like, all you have to do is just watch her in the ring and see how sloppy she has been. And just her promos are uninteresting. I'm sorry. I'm off of the Britt Baker train. Ladies and gentlemen, Brother Carter is yeah. no longer captivated. Yeah, by the way, your your uh, definition of facts and what the uh, what truth is sounds a little bit like this. Hold up. Oh, Damn, boy. YouTube. Better be careful. You better watch your tone. You're not a part of the royal court right now, Lopez. But you better be careful. I can demote you from scribe to jester in like that if you're not careful. Jericho, I'm just. I wouldn't pump up my chest like that. Wait to see Brother uh, uh, Tony's reaction to your new favorite tag team. I didn't say no, 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 no. Oh no! Now you words in my mouth. That. That okay. I, my my monitor just went black. I think I, that was a low blow. Oh, that uh, was, oh, you're gonna see. What, yeah, he's putting words in my mouth for that. Hold on, we'll get to that now. Okay, let's oh, just boy. let's go through the rest of this card. Real yes, quick. Uh, Moxley Danielson. I thought the match was good, but the crowd was dead because they were tired from the uh, from the, uh, the thing. William Regal showing up, I thought was uh, he that, saved it. Yeah, absolutely. That is a game changer for AEW. I think could be. It yes, could yes, yes, be. yes, yes, yes. It could be, and 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 I'll try to find the tweet that I sent to Josh earlier. Uh, well, uh, but I'll try to find that out. Um, AEW strategy of signing X every X WWE talent's going to wear off because uh, apparently AEW is now Swerve's house. Fine, whatever. Um, trios match, more spots, totally boring. But Sting looked good, and, and props to I, every time I see Sting wrestle, I'm very very in, I'm impressed because at 62 years old, he can still go. Yes. So props to Sting for that. And then the main event, which did not feel like a main event. And I'm sorry, Adam Page does not feel like a world champion, which sucks because I love Adam Page. I think Adam Page is terrific. But AEW has done nothing to build him up as a credible world champion. So you got Adam Cole who comes out to the wrong side of the ring to do his Adam Cole baby thing. If you notice that, he went to the wrong side of the ring and had to improvise. So first we have that. Then Adam Page who comes out, and I, I mean – fine like they had a good match adam cole actually sort of looked like what he should be as opposed to you know eating donuts and and work and you know playing video games as opposed to working on the treadmill all the time he actually looked like a wrestler um adam cole tuned up the band to take a shot at Shawn michaels because why wouldn't AEW take a shot at wwe um and again this match to me it just i i i don't I just don't believe uh, Adam Page is a world champion, and it's not Page's fault. It's the booking. 
So, anyways, that's just my brief thoughts. Anybody want to comment on anything before we get to Dynamite? Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, my favorite match of the show was John Moxley and Brian Danson, uh, just because it had a New Japan-style flavor to it. It was my favorite match to type out for the event. Uh, I thought the show, this pay-per-view was maybe a B-minus at best uh, if I had to grade it. People thought, oh, you, Josh, you're going to give it an F or whatever. No, I, I it, it was fun, but this, these people are like, oh, my God, this is the best pay I've seen since WrestleMania 17. I'm like, what? Uh, first off, I, I'm not straight edge, but I like to have what you're smoking. <laughs> like, <laughs> Also, uh, the, the nonsense trio match. Uh, Tony Khan, if you're thinking about starting a trios championship division, I think that match should be an evidence as to why you should not have trios division and then also the main event i think tony would appreciate my thoughts on this uh it's one thing to have counter wrestling and then there's one thing make your opponent look stupid trying to do six different fake out spots uh during the match just to do uh a false finish but that's just my opinion (laughs) yeah i for me in no particular order the matches for me would be uh punk and mjf uh, sans tax, but I thought it was a very good, if it's the ending to the feud, so be it. I thought that that was a good ending to that. Yep. And the match between Brian Danielson and John Muckusley, Um I thought that that match, hey, Moxley said, I don't bond with somebody until I bleed with them first. So I'm glad that you know they were able to have their match. And then Sir Lordship Will I Am Regal saving Saving the the show in, entirely, and for bringing a, a little bit—I mean, Regal just doesn't demand respect; he commands it just by his, his presence alone. So, Regal's going to be somebody that everybody's going to keep their eyes on. I thought it was—I thought it was a good show, greatest of all time. I've seen a lot of pay per views in my lifetime. Clearly, not the greatest of all time. What was it? Somebody was it a good pay per view to where maybe somebody who hasn't watched AEW or hasn't seen professional wrestling could get into it? Sure, um, but I thought it had something for everybody, and isn't that what professional wrestling should be anyway? But greatest of all time, absolutely not. But they say that about every single AEW pay per view. As soon as an AEW AEW pay per view, I, I, I like their I like their confidence. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely. like their confidence, but. In the grand scheme of things, there there have been WCW pay per views bigger than W than AEW pay per views, and that's that's the truth. I've watched it. That's the truth. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was a, a good, decent pay per view. Some some spots were good, others not so much. But hey, no pay per view is perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, not every match needs to be twenty plus minutes on a card. Yes, right. yes. thank you, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Okay, let's quickly get through because uh, I know we're pushing dynamite. Through. Let's 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 get through dynamite here. Uh, I I I really liked a lot of the promos this week on dynamite. Talking about the things I did like, I thought Eddie Kingston had a great promo. William Regal had a great promo. Uh, Wardlow had a great promo. Uh, so I thought that there was some really outstanding promo work this week. Uh, on AEW, which was uh, some of my favorite parts about the show. Looks like Thunder Rosa is about to win herself a world title next week. Thank oh. God. Um, uh, Pack looked <laughs> Pack looked good in his match. I thought that was great. Uh, but yeah, I thought those are some of the things I liked about uh, Dynamite this week. Okay, I'm going to say three words, and I want to get your immediate reaction. Here we go, Jericho Appreciation Society. <laughs> no, sir, I don't like it. 
Fade away, classify yourself as obsolete. Absolutely. <laughs> so here's basically what happened. You replaced the one of the probably the best part about of the inner circle with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. And you tell me why I'm supposed to care about this. All right. That so, makes it, that makes me care more about Santana and Ortiz. Correct. All right. <laughs> correct. All right. So is Axel Rose trying to do up the Dead Poet Society? Is that what is that what we're gonna do here? Like we got to appreciate Chris Jericho because his content over the last two years has been complete dog shit since La Dina de Bania. The, <laughs> the, moment, the moment the narrative that AW is not a sports entertainment company narrative died. <laughs> but um, let also, me, yeah, go ahead. Did you see that uh, Jake Hagar, who we know is completely useless, almost killed Eddie Kingston? Did yeah. you see that? Like, oh, God. He, he couldn't get him up for the powerbomb, and then he almost dropped him on his head through the table. Did you see that? Oh, God. Cringeworthy. <laughs> like, I saw that. I was like, oh, good Lord. Oh, God. So this was awful. I don't know why Jericho, like, Jericho acts like a face when his music comes out because the crowd will pop and it will always sing Judas, but then he tries to be this bullshit chicken heel that nobody cares about. I don't understand it at all. Makes no sense. Okay. Uh, apparently, we hand out random world title matches because Dante Martin in an unadvertised match, unadvertised, <laughs> gets a world title match in the second segment of the show. Great. Yeah, that's what you get for beating uh, Aaron Solo and QT Marshall on Dark at Elevation for two weeks. Oh my God. Dante Martin's on a hot streak on Dark. Wow. And that's then- like the Bears were undefeated in fucking preseason. And then the the ending of that match, actually, Tony, you were talking about structure, and I thought about this. The ending of the match was way off. It was a spot into a completely predictable buckshot lariat. Like, Dante, if you look, Martin stood there for about three seconds before taking the buckshot lariat. Like, uh, he could have easily gotten out of that. Like, yes. I don't know if you know, I I don't know if you all saw that or caught that, but. Oh, I I was able to catch that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like. It's so important, especially when you're going into the end of the match. You don't, as the fans, you don't want to go into a scenario where you want to, where you need to predict when the finish is supposed to happen. A finish should be completely unexpected and in the moment. Not, okay, we're going to do the buckshot lariat and need to be right over there in that spot over there. But no, it's, <laughs> yeah, but no, as, as the, the finish of the match, it needs to look and be as spontaneous as anything. And that's one of the most important parts of, of a match to lay out. And to me, I, I took a look at that and I was like, well, he was ready for it for a long time. <laughs> yep. Right. And if, again, if, if people, if the casual fan can notice that, I can only imagine what the people in, in you know in the business think about that too. Okay, we're gonna get another elite versus Adam Page match. Who cares? Mo- <laughs> Danielson and Moxley versus Jobbers. Don't care. Moxley. I'm sorry, Moxley. Uh, my thank my, you. I, I, I apologize. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Regal Pro. Oh great. yeah, that was awesome. That was fantastic. I love that. Um, okay, I don't know who is the worst mascot, Pockets or Danhausen. I, I don't know who is oh, the worst. Geez. They cancel each other out. Next. <laughs> uh, okay, the I wrote down the elite is so bad. Seriously, how do they have? <laughs> like I, I like you look at that promo backstage. I'm like, 
<laughs> they are so bad. In my opinion, Brandon is the MVP because he keeps yes! the camera on. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, Brandon you know, it's the most funniest guy in that group is this shame. But go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, you look at him as like, is he happy about how his career has turned out? Like he's playing seventh fiddle to the most overrated group of all time. Okay. So we all agree here. Tully Blanchard is a legend in professional wrestling. I think we yeah, can yes, all agree. Sir. Yes, right? He got fired in a backstage segment with an awful segue after that. You're fired. Cut to, com- cut to the next thing. Like, <laughs> sh- maybe it's just me, but I think that should have been a slightly bigger deal to fire a legend like Tully Blanchard. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just me. I yeah, that yeah. all respected Dax Hardwood. Uh, I appreciate what you do in the ring, brother, but please stay off the microphone for a couple months because you come <laughs> off very disingenuous when you try to invoke pers- personal stuff into your promos. Then you tend to be a tough guy the next second. I'm sorry, you become very two faced in your promos. I enjoy what you do in the ring, you're a good wrestler, blah 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 blah. But mm-hmm. stay, keep all microphones away from Dax Hardwood. <laughs> yes. If you're going to fire somebody like Tully Blanchard, you need to, especially with, you know, Tully Blanchard and tag team wrestling and FTR, shouldn't that be a big deal? Yeah. And had, and had anything actually led up to this whole decision and Tully being fired? The oh, yeah. answer, kids, is no. Yeah, a whole faction broke up and the main guy wasn't even on the show. So if that doesn't tell you what structure or lack of thereof of structure at AW, I don't know what else to tell you. But, hey, Booker of the Year, pal, for two years in a row. All right. So the running limp man is now being held by by Darby Allen and Sting. How does this make sense? And then, and I know get they were all in a tag match, fine. But, I I, like, I, I would think Darby and Sting have better things to do than to help the running limp man. (laughs) You would think. WWE, we got the Hardy Boys music. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, 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 hey, hey, hey. Um, just to let you know, um, listen, um, the Hardy Boys theme, we didn't pay for that. <laughs> um, that's a uh, that's a stock music song, uh, that everybody's used in like every commercial in like the last 30 years. Right. Uh, we just, we just picked the song because we really couldn't come up with a theme for the Hardy boys. Sorry. Like, 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 uh, like I saw it on Twitter. AEW got the Hardy boys song. AEW got the Hardy boys song. AEW looked online yeah, what's the name of the song? Loaded. Oh, Zach Tempest. Okay, stock music. All right, can we cue it up in the truck? Like, like are you serious? Their reports are coming out that they have purchased the rights to this song. Like, I, I'm just oh, like, God. I have, I have this song. You mean to tell them they purchased right. the rights to the song? Get out of here. And, and like you said, I, you, you'd think that Sting and Darby Allen, after being in a six-man tag at the pay per view. Or should be getting ready for their next their next feud, their next endeavor. But no, they have to be hero to uh, the uh, sensei of Mattitude, who unfortunately suffered an unfortunate twist of fate. So no, it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I I think you know I I honestly thought Sting and Darby Allen would have better things to do. <laughs> I was like, where, I saw them. I'm like, where'd they show up? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um. 
Did you? Did either of you remember that Tony Nese was in AEW? No, I forgot. I forgot too. But all of a sudden, he shows up like this. I'm a big deal here in AEW, and I'm going to be the first match to Shane Swerve Strickland on Rampage. Where have you been, Holmes? Uh, <laughs> staring at Hook on Rampage? That's the biggest thing you've done since you've been in AEW? Get the fuck out of here. Okay, so remember we talked about earlier that Keith Lee, big deal. How did he, he get you know wasted in WWE? Great. The Booker of the Year is going to make his first feud with QT Marshall. Paul Blart to the rescue. Yes. Paul Blart, Doug Heffernan, <laughs> all the characters. <laughs> oh, no. My back is getting weary. Oh, get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Okay. We have been building to this moment for a few hours here. Josh. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Here we go. And I owe you an apology. Here we go. Yes. Here we go. The acclaimed is growing on me. Ever oh. so slightly. They're growing on me. And here's why. And here's why. I have started to think of the acclaimed as like a B-rated 1960s horror movie. Shut up, Josh. A B-rated... <laughs> A B-rated 1960s horror movie. It's so bad, you can't help but laugh. When Caster comes out and goes, listen, listen, yo, yo, listen. Like, the way he says, I'm just starting, like, it's so bad, it's funny. And you said to me this, Josh, one time. Apparently, they did this, when they were in Chicago, they did this rap off screen that they was making fun of, and was actually kind of funny. And I said to you, oh, my God, how could you possibly like anything the acclaimed does? I don't know. I, something about it is starting to grow on me. Now, I think that they are have no business being wrestling. I don't agree with them as a team. I think they're terrible. I think that every that they just – whatever. Like, I don't think they deserve to be in the ring at all. I think they're terrible in the ring. Fine. But the, the act – because it's so bad, it's, I laugh a little bit. So, Josh, I apologize. I am sorry. You were right. They're growing on me a little bit. Doesn't mean I like them. Doesn't mean I will ever like them. But I, I try to find the positive in anything. And I apologize. I think it's so bad now that it's comically funny. Takes so, a big man to accept that. So I apologize. That's on me. That's on me. I, I appreciate you saying that, uh, Derek Kellerman. I do appreciate you uh, saying I'm one stance and then flipping the script when it works for you. Wait, okay, hold on. Hold on. What do you mean it works for me? What the hell are you talking about? And then you go out here saying, oh, the, I think they're the best tag team of all time. You know what happens, Josh, to people? You know what happens to people who put words in other people's mouth? Do you know? Do you know what happens, mister? Oh, Josh Lopez, I'm teasing this big announcement. I'm going to move down to Florida when it's convenient for me, and that's going to be the big announcement for me. But no, I'm staying in Chicago where it's cold and it's 12 degrees, and they, they, they dilute the water and they poison the water, turn it all green, kill the fish. They kill the uh, they kill the worms. They kill the, the Aquaman down there. Aquaman <laughs> has a right to live, too, and you're poisoning them by killing the water. So, Mr. Josh Lopez, putting words in my mouth. You just made the list. 
I can't, I can't, uh, I can't save you on that one right there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I will say, I will say this. It's, it's kind of like, like, Der- first of all, Derek, it takes a big man to admit when he's Thank made you. a mistake. Thank you. And when it comes, it's kind of like how in, in, in our, this goes way back. So in the mid eighties, honky talk, man was a baby face. Yep. Being an Elvis impersonator, and he wanted a vote of confidence because he wanted he he knew the people liked him, and they did a vote, and it turns out that that, uh, that like ha- more than half of them said we don't dig you, so he goes and gets Jimmy Hart as his manager, and people hate him, but over time you start I guess Derek started to. Appear at least when it comes to the acclaimed, started to appreciate the little nuances of the acclaimed. And that's how it always starts. And I don't, it, it, it ha- that's one of the beauties of wrestling where you, you, you can't stand something for whatever reason, it gets on you, it gets on you, and then it triggers that little thing inside and it starts turning the tables on you. It always happens like that. This is what I don't get, okay? When I told Bernard Carter that the acclaim were ripping Lori Lightfoot and justifiably so at the Dynamite show I went to uh, last month, he thought he was making it out like I was insulting the integrity of our segment by mentioning that I like the acclaim ripping Lori Lightfoot. Now we get to here, and then it, it's it's okay. It's okay. They're growing on me. You know, saying that they're comparable to B-movies is insults. It, it's disrespectful to B-movies. That's what it is. To Derek? I'm trying to put words in your mouth, but I just think it's kind of crazy for you to go, like, oh, I can't believe you... You you put over the acclaim, but here you are, and oh, I I, I got to be put on the list. He's he he had to figure it out for himself. I'm a slow learner sometimes. I'm a little slow learner sometimes. I will say this though: if I ever say that about the elite. I I demand to be removed from this podcast. If I, <laughs> oh, if I ever boy. say that about the sorry, I'll say the Bucks because I I still yeah. think there's hope for Adam Cole. But yes. uh, <laughs> if I ever say that about the Bucks or Kenny Omega, please by all means I give you permission to boot me from this podcast. So yeah. okay, real quick, um, mediocre match between Thunder Rosa and Layla Hirsch. I thought that was meh. Um, I don't understand why we haven't gotten a Dan Lambert promo in the while. He's one of the best parts about AEW, but they're yes. keeping him off TV. Okay, and then we get to the main event, and I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. Uh, Scorpio Sky wins the TNT Championship. I think Sammy Guevara, and Josh, you and I have disagreed on Sammy Guevara from the very beginning. I, I think Sammy Guevara is terrific. Um, I, I Obviously, he made some mistakes in the past, but I think he is one of the pillars of AEW. But he took an unnecessarily stupid bump doing that 630 through the table. Like, one wrong move, and he could have ended his – like, one slip, and he could have ended his career. Like – what what's the point what was the point of that you know yeah, so, i didn't like that at all i thought that was completely unnecessary that was reckless to me yes yes and again just to try to, to get a pop from the mark fans who are going to pop for you no matter what you do so i don't, I don't want to be sitting at home wondering if this guy is okay after doing a move like that 
I, I just that that to me was just I was like, oh, I hope he's okay. Like I don't need to feel that way sitting at home. No, um, I don't get why Scorpio Sky deserves the TNC Championship. It only makes sense if he. The only way it will make sense is if he drops it to Wardlow next week. That would be the only way him winning that makes sense, and then that way Sammy Guevara can start to do stuff against the Jer- the Jack Off Appreciation Society <laughs> or, or, or whatever. Um, whatever so i i don't know i just that's the only way if if there's some longevity storytelling to that fine but i just don't get why what the point of that was so what were y'all's thoughts on on anything else to add from dynamite or from that match or yeah real quick um aw gives you no reason to watch rampage hence why they average four hundred thousand viewers a week uh on tnt um also i don't mind scorpius guy winning the title because again AW plays hot potato with the TNT title a lot. They they do it a lot. I get it's a TV title. You want to do child changes here and there, but you know this is probably the second or third time Sam Guevara's lost the TNT title in five months. It's kind of getting ridiculous at this point. But stupid people do stupid things, so I wasn't surprised by the six thirty uh, flop there. Um, uh, him and Taikatsi remind me of any cu- uh, couple that I went to high school with. Uh, I will say that. Uh, I have no comment as far as them uh, getting matching tattoos because I worked at a tattoo place and people make their decisions. More power to them. I'm not here to judge. Also, uh, unfortunately, for Carter, I have a feeling that Sean Spears is going to cost Wardlow next uh, week. And I see it, the writing on the wall. Uh, I, sadly, I think you might. Now that you say that, that actually is makes sense. Not from a storyline telling, but from AEW booking strategy. That actually made sense. Uh. <laughs> on that note, folks, <laughs> we're going to put a ribbon on the bow for this edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. I'll find a clip right here. Let's uh, play it right here. This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Brought to you by Useless Mascots. Hey, somebody gives Audrey Edwards some VR goggles. Oh, man. I don't know if you caught that. I said, no, hey, listen. Listen. There was nothing wrong with Stop. (laughs) I have to add that sound bite whenever I want to make a. Listen. Uh, Sully, please get Aubrey Everett some damn VR goggles for once. Jeez, she really needs some help with the vision department. I'm not doing it. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> um, Really quick, guys. I want to thank you guys for being part of this journey with me. Uh, uh, it's been a fun show. I, I know it's a little long, but uh, it's a big, a big show here. And I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me. This this time went by really fast, actually. To be honest with you, so I hope you guys had a good time on here. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you on uh, social media. Let's start off with uh, referee Tony. Well, you can. F- <laughs> oh my god! Well, you can find me uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. I'm on it. I'm at referee Tony S. And uh, surprisingly, uh, I am the only one, except that one person the other day who tried to impersonate me on Twitter to get a copy of WWE 2K22 and got busted. So, uh, referee Tony S, and that what that is legitimate. Wow. So, 
Yes, that is legitimate. Uh, so sucker. So you can uh, you can find me on Twitter, referee Tony S. Uh, Instagram, referee Tony S. There's only one. That's me. If you don't know it, ask for it. Uh, I also do a podcast called Heat the Wrestling Podcast. We had uh, Sean Silver on from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, we did some uh, nostalgia wrestling. We did, we did a match uh, that he's never seen before. Uh, we did Snooker Morocco from Madison Square Garden. Surprising that he's never seen that in full. Uh, just like uh, Josh Lopez, we brought him back to Ring of Honor from 2009 in Chicago. Uh, by the way, we are going to interview Mr. Brother Carter very soon. As yeah. soon as Brother Carter – actually, no, he gave me his match. He wants to see uh, Jericho and uh, Omega from Wrestle Kingdom, I believe. I, I, yeah, I think that's – because that's the one I've never seen. And... Yes, that is – yep. So as soon as I find it, I will be talking to – brother carter to get a date we can do uh, an interview and uh, we check out the rewind uh it is on all podcast platforms uh reason radio public pod being a good pod you name it we're on it and if you do not have uh your podcast platform does not have heat the wrestling podcast don't just ask for it uh demand it as i like to say but again i appreciate uh i appreciate uh josh and uh, derek having me on the show and uh ladies and gentlemen i'd like to spoil the fact right here that uh, because of this momentous occasion, and because I have the power to do this, uh, with Josh's permission, uh, I'd like to break this in half, and I would like to make this episode the next two versions of the show, so I can introduce people to the Hoots podcast who maybe never listened to it before, uh, give it an idea of what it's really all about. Uh, that's what I would like to do. And I would also like to spoil uh, an idea that I've had that neither Josh or Brother Carter know about. And that is that I would like to invite both of you onto the show to do the first ever All Elite Draft. That's right. I would like to invite both of you on to do the oh, first okay. ever All Elite Draft where one of you will be in charge of Dynamite. The other will be in charge of Rampage. Which means whoever has AEW Dynamite will have Dark. Whichever one of you has Rampage will have have Dark Evolution or a Dark Elevation. And you two will be able to draft your individual shows. Ten picks each. We'll not make it too long. You'll be able to state your case. And I will be giving you the roster ahead of time. So that way you can be able to make your shows. Now, as far as who's going to be controlling the shows, uh, we will do it on the air as it is. But I want you to get ready because it's going to be a competition. Now, as far as who the champions are going to be and how titles are going to be decided, I will figure that out. But I figure, since we have the what the hell is wrong with AEW, I figure we give each of you your own show to kind of see who will be the best of the best. The first ever All Elite Draft. What do you think? Sign me up. That sounds fantastic. Let's go. Uh, Rick Moranis, come check it out. Take some notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but honestly, it's been... (laughs) Honestly, it has been, it's definitely a pleasure for, for me to come on here and do uh, episode uh, 300 with you guys. Uh, it means a lot just to be uh, part of the journey here. 
uh, for uh, for the Who's podcast. I'm glad that you're going to be continuing to do this and finding uh, figuring out what you love. Uh, we're all going to be here for you. Uh, like you know, if you need uh, to take a break, uh, I don't mind uh, invading the show or hosting with uh, Brother Derek or whatever. Uh, but let's you know continue to have some fun. And you know, again, thank you so much for continuing to, to have me. And congratulations on 300 and now beyond. Yes, Brett Carter, how about you? Awesome. Well, um, you can find me on the socials. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Derrico06. It's like Jericho, except with the D. Uh, Derrico06. Be sure to check out my work at WrestlingRumors.net. I do some columns there. Uh, definitely check all that work out. If you want to see what I do in my personal life, you can check out my personal website, DerekStoughton.com. You can see what I do in the world of music. So be sure to check all of that stuff out. And um, once again, Josh, it is just an honor and a pleasure to get to be a part of this journey with you. Uh, I am humbled and honored that you have asked me to be one of the co-hosts of the show, uh, a, a position I never thought I would find myself in uh, several years ago. And it's just so been so much fun to, to what, to what, to be a part of this journey with you to all the number of events we've been in the number of shows we've done together. Uh, it has just been such a fun ride. And I'm so happy to hear that we're going to be doing this for more for at least another few years, man. I'm really excited about this journey and seeing how this show grows and to meet, meet such wonderful people such as Tony and, and Adam and several others that we've had a chance to meet over the years. Um, it's just been an honor and a pleasure. I, I've, I always feel like I'm, you know, and I say this, but I, I'm just a, a person who just is a fan and you've given me a platform to get to express some opinions and whether anybody cares about it, you know, even if a few people care about it, it's just, it's just humbling and honoring and it's humbling and it's an honor for me. So Josh, thank you so much. Uh, you're a good brother of all good brothers, Tony. It's been a pleasure to finally be on a show with you and, uh, or to be on another show with you. I know we've done a couple of shows together in the past, looking forward to being on your show in the future. Yes. Uh, and wrestling rewind and to do the draft. That's going to be a lot of fun. So Josh, love you, brother. Uh, this has been a heck of a journey. Looking forward to where the future takes us. I love you guys too, man. Uh, it's been a very, uh, uh, cathartic night, but, uh, a very fun night. And I, I want to apologize in advance that the lake is too long for you guys. I do want to apologize in advance for that, but um, I thought this was a good show. It's, what, it's been one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. So with it being episode 300, it's quite apropos. You know, I want to give a shout-out for Pat coming on and hanging out with us. Uh, that was pretty cool to have him on and uh, shoot the shoot with us. That was pretty cool. Make sure to follow him at Twitter at RatedPWF. Uh, support Tony's podcast. He has a, a good podcast. I I don't say that just because he's here. I, I believe that. And he's saying not, it. There's not he's a lot of good shows That's out there. But he's one that you should definitely check out. But, um, yeah, if you guys missed the announcement where I, I was literally breaking down. But um, we're going to continue on with the show. And hopefully the show can reach 500 episodes. That's the next benchmark. So for Brother Carter, for referee Tony S., I'm Joshy. This has been episode 300 of the Hoots Podcast. Remember, be the authentic product that is yourself. I say this each and every single episode because it's true. And never forget, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs. For referee Tony, for Pat, for Brother Carter, I'm Brother Adam. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week. This has been the Hoops Podcast. Love you guys. See you later. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
Welcome to version 17 of Heat, the wrestling podcast. My name is Referee Tony S. Thank you so much for joining me, wherever you may be. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Referee Tony S. The show is at The Heat Pod. And any questions you have, send them into TheHeatPod at gmail.com. We're on all podcast platforms. And as always, thank you so much for your support. It really means a lot week in and week out. Now, I do apologize for the lack of versions lately for two reasons. Number one, I was taking care of some personal business these past few weeks, and I really wanted to get my mind right, my body right, and get back to 100% to focus on the show. Don't worry, it's not negative, but I did just want to take that time for myself. And number two, it was WrestleMania week, and I did want to immerse myself in that atmosphere. Some of my friends, associates, compatriots were down there in Dallas for WrestleMania week, having a great time being a fan and meeting and networking with a whole bunch of people. That's what it's all about. And remember, it's not negative. Definitely not. It's not negative to be a wrestling fan. And as for the first reason, it's definitely not negative why I took some time for myself. But remember, that does not mean that I have not been working on some great versions for you in the future. You better stay tuned to the Heat Pod on Twitter for more information. Now, in previous versions, we gave you the first two parts of the Hoots Podcast. Milestone 300th episode. This is going to be the third and final part of that 300th episode, where in this version, we will obviously be highlighting the most controversial segment in the history of podcasting, What the Hell is Wrong with AEW, and there may be a little surprise Easter egg, a little nugget in there as far as myself, Josh Lopez, and Derek Stoughton getting together for a future version of this show, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. So right now we're going to take a brief time out for a little commercial break. When we come back, it's going to be part three, the final installment of the 300th episode of the Hoots Podcast here on Heat, the wrestling podcast. Don't go away. <laughs> 